We're back, folks. We're back. Welcome into the NARP Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Logan. I've got another combined mega episode for you today. This will be the new format for the near future, releasing late on Thursday nights, Friday mornings. First, I'm going to be going over the latest news for week six. Then I'll recap the week five action, including fridge-worthy performances. And guys, I'm not mad at. I'm just disappointed. Then I'll go right into the matchups for this week, week six including some changes to the schedule due to the ongoing COVID cases around the league. So without further ado, let's get into some league news. So right off the bat, we had some big breaking news today. Le'Veon Bell, who was released earlier in the week by the New York Jets, has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs today. That's big news for CEH owners. That's Clyde edwards Elaire. We might see him take a back seat a bit to Le'Veon Bell, or Le'Veon Bell turns out he's washed. Who knows? We'll see. He was stuck on a bad Jets team. So whether or not he's got something left in the tank is still to be seen. We have not seen what Le'Veon Bell could do as a Steeler since he took that whole year off. He was never the same on the Jets. So when he signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, officially, he'll have to take some time off, make sure he's quarantining and, and passing his COVID tests before joining the team and practicing for week seven. You'll not see Le'Veon Bell in a Chiefs uniform for week six. More running back news that we had unfold today was that Melvin Gordon was arrested for DUI. Uh, He was back at practice today. He's going to await his court date. However, the coach for the Broncos did say that he was undecided on whether Melvin Gordon would play this week. So something to monitor leading up to the week six six matchup with the Patriots is whether Melvin Gordon plays coming off of that DUI arrest That was pretty messed up for Melvin Gordon. Apparently, he was driving 39 miles per hour over the speed limit and drunk, so not a good combination for anyone, let alone a guy who's in the public spotlight. And finally, today we had a bit of a COVID scare for the Atlanta Falcons. Turned out to be just one coach who tested positive and no players, so it looks like we're still on track to have that Minnesota Vikings-Atlanta Falcons game on Sunday, but something to keep an eye on tomorrow to make sure that there's no positive tests among the players and that that game is going to continue. Some injury news to note at the quarterback position. We have Cam Newton, who's back at practice and will play on Sunday, coming back from the COVID list. Drew Locke for the Broncos is back at practice and should play against those Patriots this week. Kyle Allen is going to remain the starter for Washington despite that injury on Sunday, taking the place of Alex Smith again. Jimmy Garoppolo is a full practice participant this week leading into week six. He was benched at halftime after throwing two interceptions and only 77 yards in week five against the Dolphins. Hopefully just a blip on the radar for Garoppolo. Maybe he wasn't at full health. We'll see what he can do in week six. And finally, Andy Dalton is now the starter for the Dallas Cowboys. We saw Dak Prescott break his leg on Sunday. It was really unfortunate for a guy who was pretty much set to break a lot of records if he was able to keep even a marginal pace to what he was at. I think he was at 1,800 yards passing through five games, and that wasn't even completing the fifth game, which is an insane pace. It's about 400 yards a game if you if you uh, spanned it out for that rest of the game without him getting hurt. So it's a, it's a shame and a, and a blow to the Dallas offense who, despite having that huge offensive output from Dak, is pretty poor in the win column. They're two and three through five weeks. At running back, we have Philip Lindsay coming back to full health, seemingly right at the right moment with Melvin Gordon potentially getting benched for his DUI. Uh, Dalvin Cook's not practicing this week. 
Look for him to be out and and take the bye week to rest up that groin injury. We'll see a lot of Alexander Madison in week six. Leonard Fournette is still limited at practice for the Buccaneers. We'll see if he can put in some full practices before Sunday. He was active on Thursday last week, but he didn't get any snaps. Turns out he was only there in an emergency, and that didn't happen. Kareem Hunt has been limited in practice. He was limited last week with a groin issue. Now it's a thigh issue. I don't think that's going to impact his availability. I think they're just being cautious and resting Hunt. Given that he's their best running back with Chubb on IR, they're going to play it safe. Zach Moss for the Bills is practicing fully this week from a toe injury. He was a surprise scratch on Tuesday. I thought he would play. Turned out he wasn't ready to go or they just weren't comfortable with it. He'll probably get some actions on action on Sunday. Singletary's been disappointing in his absence. So I think Zach Moss bounces right into a decent timeshare with Singletary moving forward. And finally, Christian McCaffrey. We're awaiting his return. He's still not practicing this week. He doesn't need to come off IR yet. He would have come off it probably if we had a chance of him playing this week. He has not come off IR. So look for him to come back next week potentially. At the wide receiver position, some injuries to monitor. We have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Scotty Miller, all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, limited in practice this week so far. Hopefully we get all three to play. If not, hopefully two. Worst case scenario, one. Actually, I guess worst case scenario is none, but I would expect Godwin, Evans, and Miller to all play this week. To what capacity is still up in the air, but they should be in the game on Sunday. Uh, Devonte Adams is practicing in full. We'll see him back in week six following that bye week. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey for the Eagles have both been limited the past couple weeks, still haven't gotten back on the field. We'll see if they can go on Sunday. Deontay Johnson for the Steelers is limited with a back injury. He left the game early in week five against the Eagles and in his stead, Chase Claypool absolutely dominated. So we'll see what role Deontay Johnson has coming back from injury if he comes back this week. Jarvis Landry's not practicing with his hip injury. I feel like he always has a hip injury somehow, but we'll see what happens with Landry. If he's out there, he could be decent. We'll see. Uh, Odell Beckham sent home with this illness. He's awaiting his COVID test. If he has COVID, it's going to be a huge issue for Sunday. So monitor that situation because if it turns out that Odell Beckham tests positive for COVID, that's going to shut down the whole Browns facility and put their game in jeopardy for this week. Juju Smith-Schuster is a full practice participant for the Steelers. He's going to be back this week. I mean, actually, he played this week and it wasn't really effective. So maybe he'll be back and be better this week. Uh, Julio Jones projected as not practicing. The Falcons shut down their practice facility after that staff member tested positive. So you'll want to see what happens with Julio Jones. He was out this past week. Hopefully he's back on the field this week. Sammy Watkins is going to be out for a few weeks with his injury for the Chiefs. That gives McCole Hardman a bump. DJ Chark has not been practicing for the Jaguars. Uh, that's tough news for, for me. I have a lot of Chark in my leagues. I think I have him in all three of my teams. So Chark not practicing is a problem. He hurt his ankle in the fourth quarter. The Jaguars have not been really good about giving any details about injuries this season. So, I mean, particularly with Chark, all of a sudden he just was out one week uh, last minute. So we'll want to monitor that. And it might be an, a realistic outcome that DJ Chark does not play. And finally, uh, Sterling Shepard for the Giants is unlikely to play this week as he comes back from injury. 
At the tight end position, Noah Fant is practicing in a limited fashion for the Broncos. Jordan Akins is not practicing, which gives a boost to Darren Fells if Akins is unable to play. Eric Ebron's back to practicing in full after sitting out on Wednesday. And Mo Alley Cox of the Colts is not practicing. So that wraps up the injury notes and news. We're moving on to fridge-worthy performances. These are performances that were above and beyond in week five and deserve their place on any fridge in the house. At the quarterback position, our first guy with a fridge-worthy performance is Ryan Tannehill on Tuesday night football. Feels weird saying it. He had 195 pass yards, three touchdowns, 42 rush yards, and another touchdown. That that rush touchdown really put him over the top. Had 30 points, the top performance in PPR on the week, and four-point touchdown passes. He's QB 16 on the season, which is deceiving because he had a bye week already in the in uh, week four. And so he's actually quarterback eight in points per game and a really good option so far in fantasy football. The next quarterback who had a fridge worthy performance was Patrick Mahomes. Not much to say about Patrick Mahomes. He's a star. He had 340 pass yards, two touchdowns, a pick 21 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. Much like Tannehill. He's a machine. He's going to be on the fridge more weeks than not. The next guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, gets his place on the fridge. 350 pass yards, three touchdowns, 16 rush yards. Fitzmagic strikes again. He's a top 12 QB the past four weeks. He had a rough week one, which I think people put a little bit too much weight in. They've been thinking, oh, he's going to get benched for Tua. Not so much. He's been a top 12 quarterback past four weeks, like I said. And this week he was in the top five for the first time this season. And last guy I'll highlight that's making the fridge, the rookie, Justin Herbert. He lost in overtime, but he did have 264 pass yards, four touchdowns, and eight rush yards. He's been looking good. He keeps getting better. He's on the bye this week, which kills his momentum a bit. But coming back from that, he's been named the starter for the season, and he is a good option in fantasy moving forward. At the running back position, I think it was a pretty weak week for running backs and that's week with an a and then week as in days of the week for running backs mike davis was the number one guy and he makes the fridge he had 89 rush yards nine receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets the question that comes with mike davis is what will he be when christian mccaffrey comes back we'll find out in a couple weeks but for now you just roll him out there because he's putting up numbers like christian mccaffrey and for that, you are very happy if you had at added him on waivers when he was available because he for sure is not available now. The guy who was in second, Todd Gurley, I was wrong about him apparently. He had the most receptions in this game this so far this season. He had four receptions for 29 yards on five targets plus 121 rushing yards and a touchdown. The big question for me is will the touchdowns continue? The jury's out on that. The Falcons are one and five. Are they going to kind of see what they have in Brian Hill and Ito Smith, maybe? Because uh, I believe Todd Gurley's on one year contract. So if they're not going anywhere as a team, you might see his work diminish a little bit as they test out what they have outside of Todd Gurley in that backfield. They do have a new coach. So he's going to want to come in and win. He's the interim head coach. Uh, so. We'll see. Todd Gurley should get a lot of work, but whether the touchdowns continue is the big question for me because that's really what's inflating his numbers. He had the 121 rushing yards, but that was the, by far the best he's had this season. 
We'll see. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to believe in him because I traded him away for Kenyon Drake, but that that just might be my bias or saltiness. And lastly, the guy makes a fridge. Miles Sanders, 80 rushing yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 19 yards on four targets. He had a 74-yard rushing touchdown, though, which means that outside of that, he had 10 carries for six yards. And that just illustrates to me that it was a subpar running back week when a guy who averaged under a yard per carry outside of a 74-yard run finished as running back three on the week. And to further illustrate the big week for wide receivers and not so much for running backs is that eight wide receivers were better than the RB2. So eight wide receivers this week finished better than Todd Gurley's 25 points. But there are a lot of question marks at the top of this list. Chase Claypool makes the fridge first. He had seven receptions for 110 yards, three touchdowns, six rushing yards, and another touchdown. But the question is, Deontay Johnson got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, is he going to have that opportunity? And has he just played his way into a big role? Or does Deontay Johnson just pencil right back into the starting lineup and Chase Claypool just becomes the third guy on three wide receiver sets? I mean, they play a lot of three wide receiver sets, so he'll be on the field. But whether or not he continues to be that top dog is a big question for me. The next guy in that same game for the Eagles, Travis Fulgham, 10 receptions for 152 yards and a touchdown. You might be saying, who is this guy? I mean, at this point, it's Thursday. You probably have heard of him now, now that you have either picked him up off waivers or somebody else did. But the Eagles drafted three wide receivers this year and one around last year. And this might be the best of all of them. Uh, so Alshon Jeffrey and D Deshaun Jackson should be back at some point, whether this week or next. So the question for Fulgham is whether he stays on the field enough to be relevant in fantasy or if this is just kind of a feel-good story for one week. Next guy making the fridge is Brandon Cooks. After putting up a zero in week four, he goes for eight for 161 and a touchdown. Fresh off that zero, how does he do – what does he do next? Will he establish consistency in this offense behind Will Fuller? I think that's the big question for Brandon Cooks is whether you can establish consistency and whether you can feel good about having him in your lineup. Right now, even though he had that huge game and he was third in scoring – I don't feel great putting him in my lineup because he had that zero the week before. So I want to see it more than once before I just put him in there. The fourth guy I want to talk about is Adam Thielen. He's making the fridge once again, nine receptions for 80 yards, two touchdowns. He's playing really well and consistently. He's the wide receiver two on the season behind DeAndre Hopkins. And again, I was wrong on Adam Thielen. I didn't think he would be able to produce at this level without Stefan Diggs taking attention away from him. But you've proven me wrong so far, Adam Thielen, and uh, keep up the good work. You're making the fridge this week. And last guy, Mike Williams in the Tuesday night game. Oh, actually, Monday night game. Sorry, I'm losing track of all these football games. Mike Williams had five for 109 and two touchdowns. Keenan Allen went out in this game after he had scored a touchdown of his own. Mike Williams stepped up. He looks healthy. He's huge. He can do jump balls. Justin Herbert is going to look his way in the red zone and deep. And I think the production could continue coming out of that bye week. If he's on your waivers, this could be a sneaky guy to add because, I mean, you're not going to see a projection for Mike Williams. So he could be on your waivers, not picked up. That's a guy that you might want to target leading into Sunday. If you have a guy who is going to your IR and you have an empty roster spot, add Mike Williams. At tight end, I could say it 
every week pretty much. Travis Kelsey, number one tight end on the week, eight receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. He's been a top five tight end four out of the five weeks, and he's worth the investment so far. Whereas George Kittle got hurt and he's only had that one big week, Kelsey has consistently week in and week out made the top five at tight end, and he has been worth the investment. Jonu Smith, on the other hand, was the tight end two on that Tuesday night game. He had five receptions for 40 yards, which isn't huge, but he had two touchdowns. He's been a top 12 tight end in all four of his games, top five twice out of his four games. He's not uh, in the top, uh, let's see, He, I don't think he's in the top five in overall tight ends because of that game missed. He might be, I would have to double check, but that's he's been a great surprise so far. Uh, people are underestimating him because of that early bye week. There's all that COVID drama with the Titans. But all Jonu Smith has done is come out and produce all four weeks that he's played. So now it's time to slow it down a bit and address some guys we're not mad at, we're just disappointed. So first at quarterback, Lamar Jackson. He's not been terrible, but he's not been amazing, and you need him to be amazing. Lamar, you had 180 pass yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Where you really didn't get it done was three rushing yards. That's not going to cut it. Your defense is so good that you haven't really been needed to win the games. But for fantasy managers, it's not been good as the quarterback 12, I think, on the season. Lamar Jackson, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Better days should be ahead when you play more competitive games. Uh, but for now, it's been disappointing for, for Lamar Jackson owners. Matt Ryan, though, even worse. 226 pass yards, zero touchdowns, and an interception. Without Julio, you've been terrible. Even with Calvin Ridley playing well, you have no TDs for the second straight week. Matt Ryan, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll give you a bit of a pass because you might have been hurt still. You got benched in a blowout to Miami at halftime. 77 pass yards and two interceptions. Are you healthy is the question. You're practicing in full. But, Jimmy, in week four, we were not mad. We were, oh, Week five, excuse me. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. Joe Burrow, the rookie. Can't expect the world out of him against the Ravens, but 183 pass yards, one interception, and 10 rushing yards with no touchdowns is not going to make anyone's day in fantasy. It was a tough matchup. You should rebound fine, but Joe, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. At running back, to believe it or not, the top 19 in projections at running back all had double digits. So there were no huge games, as I mentioned before, but the top guys also didn't bust and screw you over for the week. So the first guy that I'm not mad at, I'm just disappointed, Josh Kelly, you had 11 rushes for 29 yards, a reception for nine more. You were 20th in projections on the week, but you got outsnapped and outplayed by Justin Jackson. It looks like he might have the top role in place of Austin Eckler moving forward. Joshua Kelly owners, that's not going to be good for you. He might be droppable with another bad week. He's on bye. If you can't manage to keep him for a bye and you need a replacement, he's the guy to drop, not Jackson. Joshua Kelly, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Devin Singletary, we waited for you to play until Tuesday, but you had 11 rushes for 25 yards and a reception for eight more. 
You failed to produce RB1 numbers, even without Zach Moss cutting into your carries. You had the fewest catches and targets of the season on Tuesday, and for that, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Jarek McKinnon for the San Francisco 49ers. One rush for zero yards, two receptions for five more. San Francisco is a train wreck all game, so I'll give you that. But Raheem Mostert returned and had 11 carries for 90 yards. You had just the one for zero. Jarek, you might have found the backseat in that rushing game and might have become irrelevant again with Mostert coming back. Maybe not. Maybe we'll see a bounce back with the team playing better. But Jarek McKinnon, we're not mad in week five. We're disappointed. At wide receiver, I have a bunch of them to talk about. Tyler Lockett, four for 44 yards for the Seahawks. You got outplayed by DK Metcalf two straight weeks. After that blow-up game, you haven't really done much. Tyler, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Amari Cooper, two for 23 yards. You don't have Prescott anymore. CeeDee Lamb has been playing really well. Michael Gallup's still there. Dalton Schultz is still there. Zeke's getting carries, draining that clock. Amari, you've got Dalton now. And in week five, we weren't mad. We were just disappointed. Terry McLaurin, best wide receiver on the Washington football team. Three receptions for 26 yards on seven targets. The QB play is holding you back. You're still a great player, but as long as you're not producing in fantasy, we'll still be not mad but disappointed. Juju Smith-Schuster, looking more and more like the third wide receiver option in that Steelers offense. Four for 28 yards. Chase Claypool was a monster. You didn't really show up. You disappeared. I was watching that game. I'm an Eagles fan, and I didn't really see Juju's name called too often. He's not a bona fide wide receiver one in his own offense. And I'm worried about him long term, but especially in week five, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. DJ Chark, three receptions for 16 yards. You might say, but Derek, DJ Chark got hurt, but he didn't get hurt until the fourth quarter and he still hadn't done anything. So for that, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And finally, a bonus guy driving off into the sunset. AJ Green, zero receptions, zero yards, one target, got hurt. He's droppable. It's sad. It's the end for AJ Green until further notice. AJ, we're not mad. We're just disappointed and mostly sad, honestly. At tight end position, George Kittle, four for 44 yards on eight targets. The targets are there. The whole team should rebound after a disaster game. But in week five, George, we're not mad. We're disappointed. Zach Ertz, on the other hand, one reception for six yards on six targets. We don't know what is wrong with Zach Ertz. He hasn't been separating from defenders. He's not getting the yardage or the catches that you want from him. He also is usually good for touchdowns. Not the case this year. Maybe Goddard was needed for him to get open. I don't know. But in week five, again, as with a lot of weeks this year, Zach Ertz, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Hayden Hurst, two receptions for eight yards on six targets, and he's questionable for Sunday's game. The targets are encouraging. The production is not. Hopefully, Matt Ryan turns it around. He's been the real issue, I think. Hayden Hurst is going to Hayden Hurst is going to continue to be involved in the offense. But in Week Five, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. And finally, Dalton Schultz, one catch for six yards on three targets. No more Prescott could be a problem. Dalton Schultz might be droppable after another bad week this week. 
We'll see. But in week five, we were not mad. We we're just disappointed. So now that we're done recapping week five, it's time to move on to the week six matchups. We'll start out the slate with the Texans at the Titans. We're, again, we're going to use those tiers that I established two weeks ago. Those are the porterhouse tiers, guys that you need in your lineup. They're studs. Cheeseburgers, you, you can't go wrong with a cheeseburger. They're good to start, and they're not the best thing in the world like a porterhouse steak, but they get the job done, and they're going to be in your lineup. And then the hot dog tier are guys that you don't necessarily want to start, but they're not the worst thing in the world. You can't, I mean, you can't go wrong with a hot dog, but it's also not as good as a cheeseburger or porterhouse steak. So temper your expectations. It's not great cuisine. It's just a hot dog. And finally, the moldy buns tier. Those are guys you don't want to have in your lineup. You want to avoid them because they're moldy buns. They ruin the barbecue. Don't want them. Don't need them. So starting out with this Tennessee at uh, the Texans at the Tennessee Titans game, the porterhouse tier for me, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, A.J. Brown at wide receiver, Derrick Henry at running back, and Jonu Smith at tight end. Those are all Tennessee Titans. They showed on Tuesday night that they are legit. They went against a decent defense in the Bills defense and just balled out and crushed them. They scored a ton of points. Ryan Tannehill is a great quarterback to start in the matchup against the Texans. Texans defense is pretty weak, so Tannehill should be a great option to start. Same with A.J. Brown. He had over 20 points and a touchdown on Tuesday. Derrick Henry is a start, obviously. Jonu Smith has been a really good tight end. Like I mentioned earlier, top 12 in all four of his weeks, so he's a plug-and-play guy for now. The cheeseburger tier in this game, Deshaun Watson, you're starting him. Tennessee's defense isn't terrible. Deshaun Watson should be a decent option, but he's not to the tier this year yet that is like a porterhouse steak. He's a cheeseburger. Uh, Will Fuller is also a cheeseburger this week. Guy that you want in your lineup, but not going to be like the best thing in the world, like a steak. So he's in that cheeseburger tier this week. Darren Fells is in the hot dog tier with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was the third wide receiver in week five, but he also had a zero in week four. So I don't really know what to expect from him in week six, and that's why he's a hot dog this week. And Fells, with the injury to Jordan Akins, is a not-so-bad stream at tight end for the for the Texans. The moldy buns in this game for me, this might be a hot take. I don't know. David Johnson has just not impressed me. Duke Johnson is not impressed me either. And then Corey Davis, if he comes back this week from the COVID list, is a moldy buns for me. AJ, AJ Brown is back, and Corey Davis is probably not going to produce at the level that he surprised people with in the first few weeks. I'll go back to David Johnson. I just think that in this game, the Texans are going to fall behind. They're going to put Duke Johnson in for whatever reason. David Johnson's probably going to have like 45 yards rushing and no touchdowns. Maybe he'll have like three catches for 15 yards. But but that's not that's, – what is that, like 10 points? That's not something that you want in your lineup. And if you can bank on the upside of like a Alexander Madison that you picked up this week or even, uh, I don't know, uh, somebody m more exciting. Maybe James Robinson was the guy that you added and you want to start him over David Johnson. Great, do it. Next matchup, the Bengals at the Colts. My porterhouse tier is nobody. This game should be a not-so-high scoring game. The Colts are a great defense. The Bengals just got shut down by another great defense, the Ravens. So temper your ex expectations of the Bengals' offense. 
And then on the other side of the ball, the Colts offense is pretty miserable itself. And so I got nobody in the Porterhouse tier for this game. The cheeseburger tier, however, is made up of the two running backs in this matchup, Joe Mixon and Jonathan Taylor. They should have decent games, and you're probably not going to have a guy that's better than those guys in your lineup. So those are guys that you're going to start. Hot dog tier for me is Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, wide receiver for the Bengals, Higgins wide receiver for the Bengals, and T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. All guys that, I mean, you can put them in your lineup, but don't expect the world from them. Boyd will probably have a decent amount of catches and volume in PPR. Higgins might fall into the end zone. Burrow could throw for a few touchdowns, but also throw a few picks and cut that number down. And T.Y. Hilton, until last week, I'm pretty sure hadn't scored like over 10 points. He had about 13 last week. So if he puts up a good game, great. I would love that because T.Y. Hilton, I like the guy. But until until last week, he was completely miserable. So don't expect him to all of a sudden be back to his old T.Y. Hilton ways just because he had 13 last week. And the moldy buns for me in this game are Phillip Rivers at quarterback, A.J. Green for the Bengals, and the tight ends in general. I don't want any tight ends in this game. Like I said, I think it's going to be low scoring. Maybe one of them gets a touchdown, but but trying to identify which one it's going to be is tough. And then A.J. Green had the zero last week. He's banged up. There are questions whether he wants to be there. He says he wants to be in Cincinnati. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. He might want to get traded by this week. I mean, I mean, after this game, who knows? And Phillip Rivers has just been not good at quarterback. He looks terrible. I think he's old and washed up now. You might even see him get benched if they start badly in this game. So keep an eye on Phillip Rivers. And at this point, hopefully he's not your best option at quarterback because he's a moldy buns for me. Next matchup, the Falcons at the Vikings. The Porterhouse guys for me are Thielen, wide receiver for the Vikings, Madison, running back for the Vikings, and Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the Falcons. I have Madison in here because I think he steps right into that Dalvin Cook role. Uh, he's going to get action. It's the Falcons. Their defense is terrible. So Alexander Madison is in a good spot to produce in this spot start for the Vikings at, at running back. And Thielen, like I mentioned earlier in the show, he's the wide receiver too. He's got to be in your lineup. Calvin Ridley, despite uh, a little bit of a hiccup two weeks ago, is was back on his production in week five. Matt Ryan was terrible, but Ridley had over 20 PPR points, so you can't complain about that. My cheeseburger tier is made up of Todd Gurley, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Vikings, Julio Jones for the, for the Falcons, and Matt Ryan and Cousins, QBs for each respective team. These are guys that you could start. I think Cousins is a decent play this week, given that they're playing the Falcons. Matt Ryan should be decent too. They're playing the one in four Vikings, so he should be back throwing touchdowns. If he's not, then wow, you really got to consider cutting him at this point or trying to trade him based on name recognition. Julio Jones has not been practicing, at least in the projection. We'll see if he even plays. He's questionable. And if he does play, I have some concerns about him re-aggravating an injury. And for that reason, he's not in the Porterhouse tier where he usually would belong in any other given week. The hot dogs for me are the tight ends in this matchup. You could start them, but it doesn't feel great. I mean, it's a hot dog. You eat it, but it's not like it's satisfying you. Hayden Hurst and Irv Smith are guys to consider plugging in your lineup in a game that should be high scoring. Each one of them might score a touchdown in close, but that's really dependent on how the game goes. And for me, the moldy buns is nobody. It should be an offensive shootout, and I would feel comfortable with a lot of guys in this matchup in my lineups this week. 
Next matchup is the Broncos at Patriots, a makeup game from last week. It really moved the schedule around around the NFL, put some new teams on by that weren't otherwise scheduled for it. In this matchup, Cam Newton is my only porterhouse for me. He had a rough game before he got on the COVID list, but I think he bounces back against a Broncos team that should be overmatched by the Patriots. Cam Newton is a go in your lineup. He's back. Cheeseburger for me is Julian Edelman. Cam Newton's favorite target, seemingly. Uh, that might be Nikhil Harry. I don't know, but I think hot dog tier is more Nikhil Harry's vibe this week, along with Noah Fan at tight end for the Broncos, Jerry Judy for the Broncos, Tim Patrick for the Broncos, all guys that might have decent games, but it is the Patriots defense. Stephon Gilmore looks like he's going to be back from the COVID list. And for that reason, we have a lot of guys in the multi buns tier. Drew Locke finds himself there. Philip Lindsay finds himself there. Melvin Gordon finds himself there, especially because that DUI. I felt like, I mean, forget Melvin Gordon. He doesn't really deserve to play this week, to be honest. We'll see if he even does. The coach is undecided. Uh, but just for that reason alone, Melvin Gordon's on the multi buns for me uh, for bad choices. Philip Lindsay's coming back, but he's playing the New England defense. That's why he's down here. And then the New England running backs. Here's the thing. One of them might have an amazing game, but it's impossible to figure out which one is going to be the one to do that. So coming off a bye with Newton returning, I don't really want to start any New England running backs. If I had to pick, I would probably say Damien Harris, but it could just as likely be Rex Burhead falling in the end zone three times. Don't really want to mess around with the New England running backs this week. And that includes James White, too, who, I mean, you could pick any of these guys. Sony Michelle's out, but Rex Burkhead, James White, Damian Harris, all guys that you could feasibly put in your lineup, but not feel great about it if they're not on the field, which is also realistic. Next matchup we've got are the Washington football team at the New York Giants. Our porterhouse tier is nobody because this game is terrible. Cheeseburger tier is Darius Slayton and Terry McLaurin just by sheer necessity of people that have to be targeted in this game. Hot dog tier for me is Evan Ingram and Antonio Gibson. Uh, on any other teams, they'd probably be higher, but like their talent is wasted on such garbage teams. Uh, the moldy buns tier is everyone else in this game, which includes the New York Giants running backs, Daniel Jones, uh, Kyle Allen, and just this game in general, to be honest. Uh, Golden Tate finds himself in here, too. I even forgot to put him on here because he's irrelevant in fantasy now, too. But, I mean, Devonta Freeman might have, like, 12 points, but, like, you also can't ex you can't expect that. It's just unpredictable. This game could be a shootout. It could be, like, 7-3 to three or something. Who even knows? These teams are bad. Daniel Jones, for reference, is a 32nd QB in points per game, and that is dreadful. That's below Dwayne Haskins, who got benched. So maybe Daniel Jones re resurrects himself from the dead in this game against a bad Washington team. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm, I know I'm playing Daniel Jones in a matchup like against him, and if he goes off, I'm going to be absolutely livid. Next matchup, the Ravens at the Eagles. The Porterhouse stake tier. Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, Mark Andrews for the Ravens, and Miles Sanders for the Eagles. All guys that you are feeling comfortable putting in your lineup and feeling like, oh, I don't have to worry about them. They'll be fine. Cheeseburger tier for me, Marquise Brown. Had a good game last week. Not so many great games before that, so we'll see if his momentum carries him over or if that was just a blip in the radar of mediocrity. 
the hot dog tier for me are a lot of the the Eagles weapons. Travis Fulgham finds himself here. Stardom, I mean, look at what he did last week. It looks like he's a top option for Wentz. He should get targets, but keep in mind they're playing Baltimore, who has a great defense, and that might limit the upside of all the Eagles players, which includes Zach Ertz, who has been disappointing. We'll see what he does against Baltimore. Hopefully he gets back on track. And then Carson Wentz is here. If you have to, you could start him. I wouldn't feel good about it. I'd rather start some guy like Gardner Minshew or Ben Roethlisberger or somebody. Don't really want to start Wentz against the Ravens D after you see what they did to Joe Burrow, who arguably has better weapons than Carson Wentz right now with injuries. Mark Ingram is here too. Don't really want to start him, but he could score a touchdown or two. So could be worth putting in your lineup. And multi buns for me are J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, the backup running backs for the Ravens. Despite it should be a Ravens win, which usually lends itself well to Dobbins and Edwards' production, I think the Eagles keep it close enough, and they're good enough at stopping running backs that we don't see big games from the all three of that running back trio. Next matchup on the agenda are the Browns at the Steelers. Kareem Hunt, I believe, should be in the porterhouse tier. Without Nick Chubb, he's the unquestioned running back one of this team, and that is good for a team that that prioritizes the run, and you're going to see Hunt get the ball, get a lot of touches. He's limited in practice, but I think he's fine. Deanders Johnson's not really a threat to me, and I believe that unlike last week where Hunt was a bit disappointed in the passing game, I think he, he scores a lot of his PPR points this week, getting dump-offs from Baker Mayfield. The cheeseburger tier for me, Odell Beckham Jr., if he's healthy, he did get sent home being sick. If he's out, obviously bench him, but if he's in, then you get you got to play him. Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback should have a good matchup against the Browns, and that goes for the the trio of wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool for the Steelers. Don't really know which one's going to show up. Is Johnson healthy? Don't know. Is Smith-Schuster healthy? Yes. Chase Claypool, we can tell he's healthy. Uh, One of them probably will have a great game. The other two might have decent games, but... The way it's been going, one of them has a great game and the other two stink. So picking which one is the question this week against the Browns. James Conner is a start this week. Uh, Moving down to the hot dog tier, Jarvis Landry might be out too with an injury, which I think helps Kareem Hunt, to be honest, because that's the short short routes that he'll get instead. Don't really want to start Baker Mayfield. Hooper is not a bad start if you need to. Eric Ebron I don't think is a great start. And finally, the moldy bunts for this matchup. Dearness Johnson, he was exciting. People spent waiver priority on him, and he didn't really do much last week. So don't really expect him to do much this week against the Steelers defense, for, for who, I mean, outside of that big run, which you can't take away from Miles Sanders, stopped him in his tracks time after time on 10 carries for six yards outside of that 74-yarder. So Dearness Johnson is not a guy that I want in my lineup this week. Uh, Bears at Panthers is the next matchup. For this matchup, we have uh, Mike Davis. I almost said Miles Davis. Nope, not quite. Mike Davis at running back. Allen Robinson at wide receiver for the Bears. Porterhouse tier this week. Start them. Start these guys too. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Teddy Bridgewater, David Montgomery, all in your lineup. They're cheeseburgers. Hot dog. Nick Foles, if you really need a quarterback, if you lost Dak Prescott or something and there's nothing on the waivers, 
you could do worse than Nick Foles against the Panthers defense. That's not the best. So he, he's going to be feeding Allen Robinson, and you could do worse than Nick Foles this week streaming quarterbacks. The Boldy Buns for me, though, Anthony Miller doesn't really show up consistently enough to put in your lineup, and the Carolina tight ends are irrelevant. Next matchup, Lions at Jaguars. The porterhouse for me is Kenny Galladay. You haven't heard much from Kenny Galladay in this in this season because he was hurt for a bit. Then they had a bye week. So I think this is the, the first game of a run that you're going to see Kenny Galladay reestablish himself as an elite wide receiver in the NFL. Cheeseburger tier, DJ Chark, he's questionable to play. I think it's leaning towards him not playing. So obviously don't start him if he's out. But if he is playing, that means he's healthy enough and he should be the number one option in a game where Minshew should have some success throwing the ball. The other quarterback, the quarterbacks in this matchup, I also think are startable. Matthew Stafford coming off a bye. I think people forgot about him over that bye week with week five happening. He's back in, in lineups, and I think he should be. Gardner Minshew's not a bad play, also. Hot dog tier in this game, LaVisca Chenault. I think he gets a bump up to Cheeseburger, especially if Chark is out. And and Keelan Cole finds himself here, especially if Chark is out. Then you've got Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson, guys you can play, but not ones that you feel that good about. Moldy buns in this matchup for me are the Detroit running backs. Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift, and Carrion Johnson are just poaching off of each other's production. None of them are worth having in fantasy right now. Peterson's the best out of them, but he gets no passing work, and if he doesn't score a touchdown, then 60 yards isn't going to do anything. And Tyler Eifert, the tight end for the Jaguars, is also a moldy buns this week. We have a few more matchups to go. I guess five or so matchups to go. The next one on our agenda is the the Jets at the Dolphins. I'm going to go over this quick. You want Dolphins in your lineup and Jamison Crowder, and you don't want Jets in your lineup. That goes for Fitzpatrick, Parker, and Crowder, a porterhouse matchup dependent guys. Like otherwise, I mean, they wouldn't necessarily be in this tier if it weren't this game. But this week, you want them in your lineup because they have good matchups. Crowder's going to get fed the ball. They have to throw to somebody, and he's the guy, and he gets open. So he's going to continue to produce. Cheeseburger tier for this game, Miles Gaskin, Mike Kosicki for the Dolphins. Hot Dog, Preston Williams, Jeff Smith maybe? I mean, the guy's running a ton of routes, so... You'd be surprised. Jeff Smith might have a good game. If we see something crazy happen where Atlanta's game gets canceled with Minnesota because we have positives tomorrow, Jeff Smith is a sneaky guy to pick up off waivers and plug into your lineup because you want guys who are getting targets, and he had, I think, 11 last week. So you could do much worse than Jeff Smith in the event you're in a pinch and need a guy to start in one week. Moldy buns in this game. Joe Flacco sucks. Sorry, Joe. I mean, you're just washed up. You're back up. You're not supposed to be out there. Sam Darnold's the quarterback, and your team's already awful. Joe Flacco, I like you. You're from Delaware, but you're moldy buns this week. Frank Gore for the Jets. Can't believe I'm saying it. He's the starting running back. They got rid of Le'Veon Bell. He's moldy buns, though. So is, so is Herndon. Chris Herndon, irrelevant at this point, especially with Flacco. Next matchup, the Packers at Buccaneers. Rodgers versus Brady. Rodgers and Aaron Jones are in the porterhouse tier along with their teammate, Devontae Adams. And whatever wide receivers are healthy for Tampa Bay, honestly, if Godwins are, and Evans are out there, they're porterhouse. They're guys you need. 
But if they're not, obviously they, they don't make it that tier. And if they're banged up at all, they might be bumped down to Cheeseburger, where Tom Brady and Robert Tanyan stand. Robert Tanyan is really playing well after that huge breakout before the bye. But whether you can continue that with Devontae Adams is the big question. You can feel okay starting him this week, but don't be surprised if he also disappoints because Adams is going to get right back to being fed targets. Tom Brady's been pretty good. He didn't start out the best in the Buccaneers team, but last week he was good. And uh, we'll see if he can produce again in the cheeseburger tier. Hot dog for me, Ronald Jones and Fournette, the running backs for the Buccaneers. Fournette is questionable. He did. He was active last week but didn't play. Ronald Jones is bad in pass protection. There was some chance that Le'Veon Bell would go there, and that would be trouble for both those guys. But for now, they kind of eat off each other, and like their fantasy points are going to be suffering because they both exist in that backfield. If you need a tight end stream this week, Cameron Bray is not a bad option. He should get targets. O.J. Howard's gone, and Gronkowski is washed, who's a moldy buns this week, along with Scotty Miller, who people had big hopes for Scotty Miller. He had some decent plays, but he's not that good, and I wouldn't expect him to be relevant in fantasy moving forward. Rams at 49ers is the next matchup. Porterhouse tier, Kittle is alone by himself. Tight end for the 49ers. Not much explanation necessary. He's their top option. Cheeseburger guys that you should start, but they're not at that top tier. This is mostly matchup dependent. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Raheem Mostert, and Jared Goff. Those Rams guys would usually be in the porterhouse tier, but against the 49ers defense, they're banged up. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they blow out the 49ers like the Miami Dolphins did. We'll see, but... I think I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the 49ers defense that they rebound a bit and put up a better showing than last week, and that's why Cup, Woods, and Goff are in cheeseburger tier. Hot dog for me, a lot of the offensive weapons on 49ers and the rest from the Rams. Garoppolo, quarterback. Debo Samuel still getting acclimated to the lineup from the injury. Daryl Henderson would be a great start if I didn't like believe that Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers would still be involved, but they will be. So Henderson is just a hot dog play for me. And Higby at tight end is not the greatest option. Inconsistent. Gerald Everett's kept cutting into his production, but not the worst start in the world. And the moldy buns, the aforementioned Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown, they're handcuffs at this point to Henderson. One of them might play well, a la like a Chase Edmonds last week, but you can't guarantee that. And their floor is really low. So I would bench them if if possible. Chiefs at Bills is going to be a really good game. I'm excited to see that game where the porterhouse tier is Mahomes and Allen, the quarterbacks, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and Stephon Diggs, all the weapons of those quarterbacks. The cheeseburger tier is CEH, Clyde Edwards, Elaire. That might be the last time he's in that tier. He might end up being a hot dog with Le'Veon Bell signing with the team. Could cut into his fantasy value. Hot dog for me is Singletary, running back for the Bills. John Brown, uh, Nicole Hardman, wide receivers, guys that could have one big play that really sets apart their week, but their floors are so low that you don't necessarily want them in your lineup. And the moldy buns in this game is Dawson Knox, tight end for the Bills, not consistently targeted enough. Uh, he, he should be a red zone weapon, but Josh Allen's his own red zone weapon with his legs. 
So I wouldn't really want any tight end for the Bills in my lineup. Now we wrap up the matchups with the Monday night game. Cardinals at Cowboys, the, the season debut as starter for Andy Dalton on this Cowboys offense. The porterhouse tier for this game for me, Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Cardinals. He's been playing really well. I mean, pretty quietly being a top five quarterback. His rushing floor is great. His touchdown upside is great. Again, against this Cowboys defense, he should flourish. Ezekiel Elliott is also in this tier, along with DeAndre Hopkins. Guys, you're starting. Hopkins is the number one receiver on the year. Elliott is up there running back. He's consistent as consistent can be. Cheeseburger for your tier for me. The wide receivers for the Cowboys, I think they'll still be good starts. They're just not in this top tier anymore with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb are there, along with Dalton, the quarterback. You've got Drake and Edmonds, I think, against this Cowboys defense could both be decent starts. They might both score. We'll see. Uh, I still like Drake a bit. I know he's getting a lot of hate, and it's it's warranted, but this could be a get-right game once again against the Cowboys defense that has been bad so far. Hot dog tier for me. Michael Gallup gets a bump down to this tier, along with Christian Kirk for the Cardinals. Dalton Schultz finds himself alone with Larry Fitzgerald in the Moldy Bunts tier. Dalton Schultz is, I think, the casualty for fantasy with this change from Prescott to Dalton. We'll see. Maybe the Dalton to Dalton connection is good. We shall see on Monday. But that does it. I feel like I'm losing my voice after this mega episode. Thanks for listening to the NARP Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Derek Logan. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at NARPDad. Thanks for listening once again. Hopefully you have luck in week six. Hopefully you don't get any COVID cancellations between now and Sunday or Monday. If we do, we'll adjust. Hopefully your commissioner allows you for backups. If not, find a better league. Again, this is the NARP Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great week six.